Is this thing on? Welcome to Rebooted the Podcast. I'm your host, Alita Hernandez. Come join me weekly to hear about my journey from recovery to healing after having a stroke and other life challenges. So let's get talking. So hi, I'm Alita Hernandez with Northstone Magazine and also Rebooted the Podcast. And I am here today with Bob. Um, Bob Bryant, and you are co-founder of this Mission Canine, right? Here, a yes. So it caught my attention because I love animals, and I have four cats and three dogs. So, <laughs> oh my! My husband tells me stop bringing animals home because we have no more room. <laughs> well, I have. We have three cats and one dog, and the dog gets along with one of the cats, but he wants to eat the other two. And the one <laughs> and, and the and our cat, our main cat wants to kill the two new cats. Oh, so we wow. kind of have an interesting switch around. <laughs> hey, put the dog in here for a while. I just let my wife yeah. deal with it. I try to stay busy. <laughs> I have gates in my house to separate sections because mm-hmm. not all the cats get along. And then and then the do- I have dogs and the dogs do, but one doesn't. So they, you know, the same thing. You hear that? Understood. You know? <laughs> Believe me, I get it. So, so tell me, tell me a little about how you started. How did you co-found this uh, Mission Canine Rescue? Well, first of all, Mission Canine Rescue is an organization uh, based out of the Houston, Texas area, serving worldwide. Uh, our mission is to bring retired military and contract working dogs home from all over the world when it's time for them to retire. Uh, I started this. Ten years ago, with my partner, Kristen Maurer, uh, Kristen was involved in another uh, organization that did the same thing that Mission Canine does. However, they didn't have enough funding, and I own a, a company that deals in merchant services. I place credit card accounts for merchants with various banks, and we agreed that I could do some promotion to their audience. They had a good group, and that I would share revenue. They liked that. It worked well. But when it came time to spend money to advertise to cover expenses, the executive director of that org at the time said, no, I'm not going to spend a dime to get donations. And then six months later, when there was more month than the end of money, she got a quote unquote real job and shut it down. My partner, Kristen, and our other co-founder, Louisa Kastner, reached out to me and asked me at that point, this was in uh, 2013, early 2013, they asked me if I would co-found the new org, and I didn't think twice about it. I love what they did. And 10 years into it now, we've brought over uh, nearly 1,300 dogs home from every corner of the world. We've reunited 640 working dogs with handlers that they served with abroad. And uh, we do about $1,700,000 in uh, revenue a year in doing our work. And in all of that, Nobody's taking first-class rides. Nobody sleeps in fancy hotels. Nobody's driving Cadillacs. It's bare bones, and 92 cents out of every dollar goes to the work. Now, I'm going to shut up and let you talk. (laughs) That is awesome. Now, are you former military as well? No, ma'am, I am not. I'm a gap baby. I was a little bit too... uh, uh, When Vietnam started, my lottery number was 11. I would have gone in. And then they stopped it. I, I did not serve. Had I, uh, as much as I worked though through the military and other government institutions, had I the opportunity to do it again, I would. I regret not having 
served at the time because I think it would be an overall benefit. Uh, plus, I'm kind of pro-military service, even though there's obviously it ain't what it used to be. But uh, <laughs> no, it's not. My family we're still, served. Yeah. My grandfather, I think he was in World War Two, and my then favorite. and then my uncles were in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and a couple of uncles of Vietnam. They're both past now, but. Right. My uncle Odell, he died about four years ago. He was shot down over North Africa, captured by the Nazis, and he escaped three POW camps until they were uh, repatriated by the Russians back at the end of the war. So something else. Wow. Some stories you have there. <laughs> uh, a few. So um, so before your your rescue, I mean, has anybody else been focusing, trying to get these animals <clears throat> you know, to recovery or to get them out where they are at? Obviously, this type of work is fairly specialized. You have to have certain skills as a dog handler because not all of these dogs, excuse me, are as friendly as you might like them to be. Uh, Until 2009, the military routinely euthanized working dogs when, when, when they were retired. A law that was uh, passed at that time called Robbie's Law stopped that. Oh, good. And now we bring the dogs home. There's another small organization in uh, in Pennsylvania that takes some contract working dogs. And the difference between contract working dogs and military dogs is just their ownership and who they worked with. They're trained the same. They work the same. They're great dogs. Just unfortunately, when a contractor runs out of money, the dog's the first to suffer. That never happens with the military. They should have the same military privileges. <laughs> the dog. That's right. <laughs> they work for our country and they saved how many lives? Because I see, I, I was surprised. I hear you have one dog that's available, retired mind detection dog. Oh, yeah. In Bosnia for 13 years. So, I mean, she's still alive, thank goodness. But she must have gone through a lot of, like, PTSD. Don't they go through PTSD as well? Well, mind detection dogs have kind of a crappy existence. Uh, They are kept on, uh, they are worked with a long pole, like, you know, five or 10 feet long. They're at the end of the pole and they're worked in a square. They work little squares all day looking for discarded ordnance. And uh, no, it's very grueling work. It's hot. Tunisia, you can imagine how how hot it gets in North Africa. Now, we've had a number of uh, demining dogs. Uh, one dog uh, named Robbie was a demining dog in Afghanistan. In fact, he was the prize-winning uh, mine detection dog in the country back about nine years ago, and his handler was killed somehow. When his handler was killed, wow. Robbie was stuffed away and forgotten, and we got word about him, and we rescued him. He weighed 35 pounds. He should have weighed 70. Uh, they just quit feeding him sometime. It's really sad what the dogs go through when people have their problems. Yeah, I forgot. There was a movie that came out a while ago. I don't remember what it was. It was about a um, a dog, military dog also. Max? Was it Max? I think it was. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like our, our dogs save their producer's bacon. Here's why. We were invited. I'm, one of the, I'm a member of our team. I have a place in California. I also have a place in Texas that I, that I work I'm out in California in uh, Thousand Oaks area most of the time. When the studio had their pre, uh, premiere of the film, they asked us to come and bring some of our dogs. And it's a good thing we did 
because none of their dogs was friendly. They just wanted to eat people. Oh, so wow. we saved, so we saved the day for them. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, so that movie was, I guess, I mean, some fairly true about some things, I guess, in the movie. Uh, there, there's, I'm going to tell you it's 50% accurate. You oh, know, there's okay. obviously some embellishment. I mean, hey, it's Hollywood. They got to make yeah. their buck. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I used to live in L.A. I've been near Thousand Oaks. I used to, I lived in California for the Northridge earthquake in 94. So I was not out here just then. I was still in East Texas at the time. But, no, I know a lot of people that... Uh, uh, lived through it in Northridge, and they've told me about it. It was something else. Yeah, it was. The scary part was the five highway right there. It it it, it, it collapsed. Oh, so, I know. I, I know exactly where you're talking about. Right, when you're going about. towards, yeah, when you're going to Santa Clarita, and you're going up mm-hmm. in the valley. Yep, yep. It yes, was ma'am. wild. So you have, right now you have three dogs that you are trying to place, correct? Uh, well, Let's raise that number up just a little bit. We <laughs> we really like to adopt out about sixty. Those okay. are three that we're just putting out there. Let me explain how our adoption process works. <clears throat> Not every dog is going to be suitable for every environment. The main thing we want from our adopters is that first of all, they they are able to afford the cost of senior dogs' medical care, and that they have the physical time and energy to give that dog the exercise and stimulation that the dog needs. Mm. Problems that we run into placing dogs in homes are are good people like ourselves that have multiple pets. And most of our dogs don't like other pets. I couldn't bring another dog home. My German shepherd would kill it just because he's going to be the only dog in the house. Now, I had a couple others. I had a Malinois and a Labrador Retriever that were the best of buddies. But then the Malinois was older. So it, it you, you never know. But fewer pets, the better. Um, that's why we have a lot of dogs. And, you know, if one's not compatible, maybe the other one will be. But at least we have some good representation of the types of dogs that are at our facility. And you have that all on your website as well? They can, people can, like, see the dogs online? No. Let me tell you why. When we put up, let's for instance, that mind detection dog, I think the dog's name was T. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. When we put T's picture up there, we got 300 applications for T. Do you know how many applications were viable for T out of 300? Probably like two. <laughs> none of them. None? Absolutely none of them. Wow. But they were a match for a couple of our other dogs. So we were able to offer those. So when we put one dog in a spotlight, everybody wants that dog. And that dog may eat your house. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Especially because of what their training they have. So they've already been trained for, for military, for like, you know, attacks and things like that. They protect their handler while they're out there. Not all of them. Not, Not all, all of them. them. No. Uh, explosive detection dogs and drug detection dogs are often trained as single purpose working dogs, meaning okay. that they don't cross over. Now, most dogs, though, that are in the military that are drug or bomb dogs are also bike trained. They're trained for protection. So while it does vary, uh, we're extremely careful with who we adopt to in the, in the realms of a protection trained dog. You know, if I get somebody, you know, I need a dog to protect my house, uh, 
that's like asking grandpa to go fight the bully for you. You know, you don't necessarily want to do that. Grandpa might win, but how's he going to feel the next day afterwards? We have a specific do not work clause uh, in our adoption contract to specifically say their work's done, love them, play with them. If you want to do scent detection with them, that's great. But, you know, let's don't try to put them back to work. There's one guy that tries to bring some dogs home and he thinks a 10 year old dog ought to go back to work. That's crazy talk. No, Uh, they're ready to retire. You know, they still have drive. Yes, but they don't need to be pounding the concrete 10 hours a day. No, they need to be home lounging it, chewing on a chew toy or something at this point. They've done their service. So people have to understand that those those animals have done their service. So we're looking for qualified people out there that that can take care of these these rescue dogs. And they got that like they have a big field outside, a big backyard. They can run around, you know, enough room for them as well. Or or if, for instance, uh, I, I have a small home here in Southern California. My backyard has got concrete in it. You know, it's a real friendly environment for a dog. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I take I take him every day. I run him three miles at parks. You know, we just want to make sure that they if their home is not conducive <clears throat> to exercise, that they're going to take that dog and exercise them. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. We want to make sure that these dogs get the, the best remaining years they have on this planet, that they live it, you know, comfortable and, you know, with pleasure. Very true. So um, let's see. So what else should we talk about the animals? Any other? Are you having? Um, okay. My question is you're in Texas, correct? Yes. So you're based in Texas, so people can reach out to you via their webs, the website, and and um, they can just reach out to you if they're interested in an animal. It doesn't matter where they are. No, doesn't matter. We adopt all over the United States. Uh, in fact, uh, when military members contact us when their dogs are retiring overseas, <clears throat> we'll raise the money and we'll bring them back from wherever they are. My partners just got back uh, yesterday from a five day trip they took to Korea where they took two military working dogs that were retired here in the United States, took them to Korea where their former handlers are now permanently stationed. So uh, we do that for the military. We don't do that for civilians, but no, you can live, you can live anywhere in the, in the continental United States and we will adopt to you. Perfect. And then people can also at mission canine rescue.org. They can go there too, to make donations. Yes, for, and, for, the, for the foundation. Yes, and understand that nothing is wasted. We're literally no profit. Ninety-two percent leaves me eight cents out of every dollar left to advertise with, and I use that eight cents wisely to raise money to reach out. No, if uh, people just tell people, we always do better. Just being on this uh, podcast, mm-hmm. uh, being in your magazine. Uh, is a wonderful way to make people aware of the organization. If it just sparks one person's curiosity, somebody tells somebody, you tell somebody, you tell somebody. Exactly. You know the game. Yeah, works well. The old-fashioned way. Telephone. Just tell somebody okay. and continue the thing. Yep. That's exactly. Right. And I love doing that. I love you know finding people like you doing such a great mission and working for a nonprofit. So I'm always pushing for that, and you know just to make a better life for ourselves here, make a positive. For whatever years we have remaining on this planet, right? <laughs> this is true. So, um, and I see how you have your, you have a five-point mission statement that you say rescue, reunite, rehome, rehabilitate, and repair. So you, right. 
you get the dogs, you see how, what state they're in, and then you go from there to make sure right. they're, that they're ready to go for to a home, to a new home. When we, when we intake a dog that's uh, either been in the military or in contract working dog service, we take them to our canine ranch facility that's in Magnolia, Texas. They are thoroughly vetted, evaluated for any medical needs. Those needs are 100% taken care of at the time. Uh, we evaluate their moods. We determine if they have any PTSD. Now, a lot of people say, well, oh, so you cure them with PTSD? Nobody gets cured of PTSD. Yeah. We help them mitigate it a little bit, but if anybody says they can fix PTSD in the dog, hang up on them. They can't do it. I guarantee it. Right. We also do behavioral testing during that time. You know, a dog can be ready for adoption in as little as a week or it could take six months. It just depends on what the dog needs. But in the meantime, they have stimulation. They have huge outside play yards. They have air conditioning and heated kennels. You know, they're not out sweating their brains out in Houston, Texas. Yeah, it gets hot over there. Just yeah, like here in Florida. <laughs> I lived in I lived in Houston for two years. My partner, when I moved back, we were building our ranch. And I said, I'm moving back out to California. Well, I thought you'd stay here in Houston. I look at her and said, you thought wrong. <laughs> you walk out, you, you walk out your door immediately, your glasses fog up and you are and you are covered in mosquitoes. <laughs> and they don't understand the word no. No, they don't. They don't. It gets pretty hot here in Florida, but yeah, it does. <laughs> but we have a beach, so I go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, dive into the ocean. I'll cool me off. <laughs> there you go. But I'm so happy that I got to talk to you today and and learn about your your canine rescue. And I will make sure this gets out on all my platforms. I will put your website on there because that's the best way they can reach you. Correct on the yes, ma'am. That's correct. That or Yes, or and if they want to see <clears throat> our current work, go to Mission K9 on Facebook. Okay, Mission K9 on Facebook. We have about 119,000 very engaged fans there. Okay, perfect, perfect. So people can <clears throat> see, and that's awesome. That's awesome. Alita, you rock, and thank you for having me on. <laughs> thank uh, I wish you. my voice worked better today. Ah, uh, no, you rock because you're taking care of those animals, so that you keep continue doing that. And hopefully we I get some people out there to rescue some of them. <laughs> All right. Have a good All day. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Rebooted the Podcast to learn about each episode's guests and topics. This is your host, Alita Hernandez. See you next Tuesday.